Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today, I will be looking at episode 1833 featuring Tim Kennedy. This is my second episode on Tim Kennedy. Uh, the first episode with him was quite a while ago. He is a guest who I do not really care for. His conversation with Rogan begins with the two of them complaining that too many people are moving to Texas from California. It is worth noting that both of them moved to Texas from California. I'm sure that Tim Kennedy's claim that violent video games cause mass shootings is the biggest thing people are going to take issue with in this episode. Now, he also says that there are other factors, but this is the first thing he he goes to when they start talking about it. This is, of course, not a new idea. In 1999, pretty soon after Columbine, a Gallup poll showed that 62% of adults felt that entertainment media was a major cause of school violence. 83% of people supported restrictions on sales of violent media to children. I'd be interested in seeing what exactly the question was and what people thought that meant. But still, you get the general idea here. People in 1999 saw The Matrix in theaters. And they were like, kids are going to do this in real life now. That's not good. Then they went and saw The Phantom Menace in theaters. A movie where a little kid kills a ton of people and they got really worried. This idea lived on, a Gallup poll taken right after Sandy Hook in 2012 found that 78% of people thought that the risk of a mass shooting would go down if there was less gun violence in media. Uh, They're forgetting, of course, that Sandy Hook was a false flag and not about the media. (laughs) I think Alex Jones is still in court for that that one. Uh, But that was 10 years ago. I bet you would probably get similar answers if you took a poll right now, but I'm not sure. If you polled Tim Kennedy, you would get similar answers anyway. I don't agree with this theory. Most people on the internet do not. Most, you know, youngish people who play video games. But I can honestly understand where he's coming from. Video games, specifically first-person shooters, are literally shooting people simulators. Personally, I don't really play video games, um, but it's easy to see why people would think this might lead to violence. The reality, however, is that there is just no evidence for this. There is nothing to suggest that violent video games contribute to real-world violence. Not violence in general, and also not mass shootings. In fact, a study done by the Secret Service, who are all about trying to stop specific people from getting shot, found that mass shooters consumed relatively low levels of violent media. So they actually watched or played less violent media than the average person. The official American Psychological Association statement on this matter is, quote, scant evidence has emerged that makes any causal or correlational connection between playing violent video games and actually committing violent activities. The connection is simply not there. In fact, if anything... Violent video games have probably reduced crime. The rise of the first-person shooter through the late 90s and up to today correlates with a huge reduction in youth violence over that same period. As video games have gotten more popular, crime has been going down, and the youth have been getting less violent. 
This is correlational, and there's no proof for anything that video games reduce crime. However, some people, and I tend to agree with this, think that this is the case. The argument is essentially that every boy who is in his room all day playing Call of Duty is one less boy out on the streets. It's similar to how crime always increases during the summer. Higher temperatures make people more easily pissed off, like scientifically, but it's also more people are just outside. And when you're outside, you're just more likely to actually interact with people and get involved in something. Crimes just happen more when you're outside. Video games basically function as a sort of Skinner box that have trapped millions of potential criminals inside all day, shooting each other in computers instead of shooting each other in real life. Personally, I am very convinced that this is, in fact, the case. They also talk about the recent increase in crime in this episode, which is a real thing. But I think people should also realize that it's still nowhere near what it was in the 80s and the 90s. People were really just blasting each other back then. There was way more crime. Today, things are comparatively chill. People mostly just sort of sit around. Your violent crime options are very limited when you never leave your room and you spend all day typing uh, Discord messages on your rainbow keyboard and playing Fortnite or whatever the kids are playing these days. On the topic of guns, Rogan says that 65% of gun violence is suicides. And then the next most common form of gun violence is police shooting people. It is true that suicide is the most common kind of gun violence, but it's not that much. And the police thing is not true. According to the Pew Research Center, 54% of gun deaths were suicides in 2020. 43% were murders. And then 3% were other. That other includes, quote, gun deaths that were unintentional, involved law enforcement, or had undetermined circumstances. So Rogan is wrong. Getting shot by police is pretty rare, actually, compared to shooting yourself or getting shot by someone who isn't a cop. That's who you really need to watch out for, yourself. The person most likely to kill you is you, by far. And then people who you personally know. You gotta watch out for yourself and your personal friends. Time to start getting paranoid here, people. What's more interesting to me, though, is that it says there are 400 of these undetermined circumstances cases. So there were 400 gun deaths where they couldn't figure out what happened. They couldn't even tell if it was a murder, a suicide, or an accident. They just got shot and they have no idea what happened. That seems like a really high number. 400 genuine stone-cold mysteries where they don't even know why the person is dead. Isn't that kind of creepy? Well, it's, it's either creepy or just cases where the cops didn't really bother to look into it. <laughs> it's one or the other. I do not know. The article also says, The total includes deaths in which gunshot injuries played a contributing but not principal role. What does that mean? How do you get shot, die, but somehow manage to die of something other than the fact that you were just shot? You get shot, but then the cancer kicks in right afterwards and you die? Someone shoots you, but then they, they follow it up with a good stab and then you die from the stab? I want to know how many times that has happened. 
What is going on here? They do not just talk about domestic violence. They also talk about foreign violence. They talk about Afghanistan, which is another place where people get shot a lot. Tim Kennedy also says that England would have been beat by the Nazis without the Dunkirk evacuation. Now this is getting into alternate history scenarios here, so really nobody knows what would have happened. However, I think there are some pretty good reasons for thinking that England still would have won even without the evacuation. The Nazis couldn't really invade England, first of all, because they just didn't have the ability to do that. So it still would have been about trying to get them to just sue for peace. Maybe they could have used captured soldiers as collateral in negotiations. That's something people have thought about. But England still had other troops. There were lots of troops that were just still on the island, just hanging out. And there were troops in other places around the world, too, like Africa. There were also other less famous evacuations out of France, like Operation Cycle and Ariel. So other, even if Dunkirk had failed, those ones would have been fine. It just seems like the Anglos would have pulled it out in the end anyway. There are very few plausible scenarios where Nazis actually win. Probably the most plausible alternate scenario is one where they leave Russia alone for whatever reason. But of course, that was kind of like baked into Hitler's ideology, and he was like super intent on doing that. So you'd really have to have a whole different person at the the reins. The next episode of this podcast will be me discussing my alternate history scenario where NASA really does land on the moon in 1969 instead of just filming a fake landing in the, the Sierra Nevada. This episode will be eight hours long and listening will be mandatory. So you have that to look forward to. But any, anyway, Tim Kennedy talks a lot in this episode about all the stuff he supposedly did in Afghanistan recently during the troop withdrawal. He basically says he was running around, dodging bullets, blasting people, and so on. He very casually mentions that he had to step over dead babies. In the same way you might describe having to step over some like trash on the sidewalk. I'm not the only one who thought this was really weird. I saw a lot of people uh, pointing this out on the Joe Rogan subreddit, how weird this was. Some people are saying that most of what Kennedy said about his involvement in Afghanistan was probably fake or exaggerated, and I tend to agree. I'm sure he was there, and his NGO is real, but I highly doubt that this 42-year-old private school principal slash gym owner was like running around getting into firefights. I say this not just because of how he talks about the whole thing, but because he is a known liar. I talked about this in my previous episode on him, but during his last appearance, he told Joe Rogan that he volunteered for the army on 9-11. When this is provably false, he actually joined in 2004, according to U.S. Army Ranger Association Annual Ranger Muster 2010. In 2001, uh, he was busy attending Columbia, believe it or not. Not that Columbia, though. Columbia College, which is in Missouri. Someone who's willing to lie to make up a great patriotic story like joining on 9-11 is probably willing to lie about other stuff. So personally, I think he's exaggerating all these crazy stories he tells Rogan. Rogan, of course, believes everything he says because he trusts uh, ex-military 
people to an absurd degree for no reason. I'm surprised she didn't believe Kristen back when she told him that the Smithsonian destroyed all those giant skeletons. But it's also possible that the reason Kennedy sounds like this when he talks about dead babies is because he is a genuine psychopath with no regard for human life. In 2016, he posted this onto Facebook publicly. Quote, I'm asked daily about how and why I don't have PTSD. I'm probably the last person on earth you should ask about this stuff. I have killed kids and women during war. I have seen my friends and fellow soldiers burn alive. My adult life is filled with the things horror movies are made of. I could have nightmares every night or be a medicated PTSD victim if I didn't choose every day to make a difference for myself and more importantly, for the men that died to my left and right. I don't give a fuck about how they say we are supposed to heal. I'll tell you how to get better. You stop being a pussy. That is, that is, a, that is a quote from Tim Kennedy. He talks a lot about school shootings in this episode of Jerry, and I think this post gives some important context to that. Um, this really means that he is, in fact, more qualified to talk about school shootings than maybe anyone else, since he himself has killed children. He is an expert on these matters. There used to be a show on Discovery Channel called It Takes a Thief, where they would have former burglars show people how easy it would be for someone to break into their house. And then they would tell them what to do instead, like, oh, you gotta set up this security system or whatever. I think there needs to be a new show called It Takes a Child Murderer, where they have Tim Kennedy visit schools and show them how he would go about killing the kids there. Tim Kennedy's big idea for stopping shootings, other than banning video games and movies, which I already talked about, is basically to get these incel types who end up shooting people, getting them into things like martial arts and the military so they have something to live for and something to channel their rage into. Now, first of all, I think it's possible that he thinks this is a good idea because he's projecting. Maybe he knows that he personally would have become a terrorist if he hadn't joined the military. And so he's prescribing this as the solution for everyone else too. But putting that aside, I'm not sure what to think of this idea. It sounds good in theory. And I can see how a lot of would-be shooters and domestic terrorists, or etc., would benefit from just being forced to join the military and do something productive. However, what if it doesn't straighten them out? What if they maintain their terrorist ideology, whatever that is exactly, and then they just go get free weapons and tactics training? What if this just creates a new wave of shooters who are as good at killing kids as Tim Kennedy is? Somehow I'm not totally convinced that giving free training to people who are considering some sort of violent overthrow of the system is the best way to keep the system stable. But I mean, who knows? Maybe they would make friends in the army and they would kind of cool off. I really am not sure what to think of this idea. Those are my thoughts on Tim Kennedy's most recent appearance. I hope that he does not return, although I'm sure that he will. Probably like next month, he will be on again. I would much rather have John Kennedy Jr. on, who is alive, in case you're unaware. You can follow me on Twitter if you want to, if you can access Twitter without dying, which is what uh, JRE guests say will happen, essentially. You can email me 
investigatejerogan at gmail.com. The last email I got was really funny. They told me to go back to fact-checking school, and they called me a hemorrhoid. <laughs> so if you're going to send an email, it should be something like funny um, or informative, I guess. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week.